Welcome to the Persuasion Lab. This is Martin Medeiros. Today, I'm going to talk about how to get beyond the biology of negotiation. You may recall in episode 30, we talked about uh, persuasion, influence, and negotiation uh, for leadership. And getting to that level, we first got to transit a barrier uh, it's a biological barrier. It's in your brain. It's called the limbic system. But this is the system where uh, we uh, have uh, fear. They're very primitive areas of the brain. So when I ask people that I am uh, consulting with or, or who have engaged me how they feel about a negotiation, typically it's, and quite predictably, it's one of three different uh, modes they either freeze, they really don't know what to do, they don't know what tools are available to them, or they want to uh, perhaps avoid the situation. Uh, another thing is they may feel like they have to be belligerent and fight because it's in a negotiation, and this is like a dueling of hagglers. Um, and uh, quite purposefully, this is the freeze, flight, or fight reactions that we have to got, uh, get beyond if we're going to be effective at persuasion, influence, and negotiation. So with um, this, uh, just think, take a moment and think about how you feel in negotiation. Do you not know what to do? Uh, if you've been listening to this podcast, hopefully you've been uh, picking up a few tips and tricks from... Uh, my research and my guests, uh, you may want to avoid it, which is something where we feel like we're not good at something, where we have to be someone else, we think it's inauthentic, and then we want to avoid it. Or we, we really gird our loins for some type of uh, friction. And my my point being, we've it's it's not worthy of any of those things. It's worthy of getting beyond and say, okay, this is a perfectly normal uh, form of humu uh, uh, human interaction. This is how we communicate. Some of our communications are persuasive. Some of our communications are influential. And some of our uh, are, uh, negotiation. That's why I call them PIN, uh, persuasive, influential, negotiated communications. And... Once I engage that to say, okay, this is type of communication, this is how humans interact, uh, a lot of the, uh, the uh, freeze, flight, or fight responses should go away, and you should start thinking, of, okay, so what are the rules? How can I be more effective and authentic about being myself? Because, you know, in my uh, online course, it's called Negotiate Like a Boss by Being Yourself because authentic negotiations are the most effective. If you have to try to be someone else, uh, perhaps be, you know, the Blake character in uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, you know, this hard line um, real estate guy, uh, wonderfully played by Alec Baldwin actually. Uh, but it, it's a great, great scene. Coffee is for closers. We're, we're talking about um, if that's you authentically and you may get something, uh, uh, some result, that may be fine, but you just have to know how you come off. But at the end of the day, you've got to go with your dominant style. If that's your dominant style and it's effective, 
you may want to use it. If you feel like you're not optimizing, uh, then you may want to adjust because I have learned that the best negotiators are adaptive. They're themselves. They don't try to put on a different hat every time they interact, but they do adapt to the situation at hand and modify their behavior. So let's let's see how we can get beyond that that limbic system, that biological barrier, and get into the higher systems approach. So um, when you're an authentic negotiator, there is a great power and agency you have that other people notice and you may not notice. And that is why negotiation is something you're already doing. It may not feel natural for you. It may feel uh, unnatural. And uh, believe it or not, hopefully in this episode and other ones, I will demonstrate how it is a natural thing because it's how we communicate our needs to the world. So without further ado, think about um, we have to get beyond those those barriers of the people negotiating with us because it's just not about us. It's about uh, our team who we're negotiating with. They may be uh, in their limbic system. They may have anxiety about it. So how do we get beyond that or get them beyond that and get into this systems approach? And recall from uh, my, I stand for the proposition that um, there are three subsystems to negotiation. One is strategic, uh, things we do before the negotiation. One is tactical, things we do at the negotiation. And the third, of course, being operational, things external to the negotiation that impact its outcome. So let's start with your biology. Um, when you are trying to have a communication with someone that's persuasive, influential, or is an out-and-out negotiation, uh, I want you to open with what we call an empathic statement, which essentially is an observation about the person you're talking to. It's not about you. It's not about... Um, it's all about them. Because uh, this book... Uh, uh, I was reading by yet another FBI, former FBI negotiator um, called the like switch uh, talks about the, the proposition that people just want to be liked. And another FBI guy, of course, never split the difference. Voss, Chris Voss um, talks about uh, reaching people on a human level. It's not about, um, you know, blunt force negotiation. It's about getting them to agree with you without them knowing it, which is a great quote of his. So start with your biology. When we start with our biology, we open with an empathic statement, which is an observation about the person. It's not about us. So, and uh, Chris Voss, a negotiation guru, talks about never make it about you. It's about them. So you would say something like, you seem concerned about X or you seem filled with a little bit of anxiety over this and you can put a label on it. And then of course you listen and then to make sure you've got it right, you do something what I call repeating to con uh, confirm or to see is what I call it in my first book I wrote years ago. Um, and this does a number of things. Repeating to confirm shows that you're enfranchising the person in the communication. You heard what they said, they will start liking you if you can say or paraphrase what they've said. Some other people call this mirroring. And once you paraphrase that, 
uh, in something like, okay, so you're saying you have a lot of anxiety about negotiation and you feel like you have to be someone else. You have to haggle. You feel like you're being taken advantage of and people are um, putting one over because you don't know all the information and they could be holding something back. And then um, the conversation begins. Once you understand where someone is go is coming from, uh, everything happens better. Let's take an example of I'm talking to a, a teenager. It seems like you really value your friends so much so that you lose track of time and you come in after a curfew. And listen to what they say. Or, in fact, I would probably truncate that and just simply say, it seems like you really value your time with your friends. And then just listen. Let them talk. And then say, what I heard you say was so-and-so. And then the fourth uh, point of this is to um, provide options for them as a guide. Well, I like you to see your friends, in the teenage example, uh, but we worry about you and we like to uh, go to bed at a certain time and, and that means that we like you under our roof at that time so we don't worry. And does that make sense? So uh, otherwise, we could be very strict and take away car keys or uh, other things that are is a little, little too harsh and it's not treating you like the young adult you are becoming. Uh, that's the fourth element. So the first element is this empathic statement where you put a label on something. Uh, you seem like this. Then you listen. That's step two. Then you paraphrase or repeat to confirm, R2C as I call it. And then you give them options on how to resolve the, the conflict. So those are the, the four elements to get us, as I say, beyond the biology, beyond that initial uh, system. And then once you're beyond the biology, as I say, then you can actually get into the substance. And just a, uh, a reminder, when you're uh, offering options, you do not want to include many options. You generally want two or three, uh, if that. Uh, many times, uh, in fact, Fisher Inery's book, Getting to Yes, everyone should read it. It's awesome. But there, there are a few... Um, points where people take it too literally and then uh, even in classrooms uh, I've developed some negotiation curricula and actually was a judge at the uh, ABA uh, negotiation conference in, in law schools I've been doing that for years and uh, this idea Fisher and Uri getting to yes talk about creative problem solving and kind of brainstorming brainstorming yields a lot of options but if you have too many options, they are confusing and people will shut off and people just don't have the time for it. So pick your best option. Just like an attorney, if you're going in court, uh, you can have a laundry list of all the bad things a person does, different causes of action, you know, theft, battery, da da da. But uh, any attorney knows it's better to go in with a very strong uh, case for one cause of action than. Uh, five weak ones and one good one. You probably don't want to distract away from that one good one. And that's why you, you hear these plea deals or you know why didn't they charge them with this uh, in the uh, public prosecution 
arena? Well, it's because they had one good solid case, and that's the one they presented because it was a high probability outcome. When you're generating these options in our, um, you know, four four pointed way, you want the options to be few, simple, and things that are pretty solid. Um, and once we do that, of course, we can get into uh, strategy, tactics, and operations. Strategy, of course, simply is a plan. Uh, tactics, uh, the subject of my uh, third book, 161 Negotiation Tactics, is about you know thinking on your feet. How do you do that uh, dynamically? And then operations are things external. So uh, the, the way to overcome or the way to master these different systems probably by by review is uh, it's it's about having a plan strategically it's about asking questions tactically because tactical negotiations are about information gathering um, next operationally you just want to focus on what are your needs remember I said uh, communicating your needs by persuasion influence and negotiation requires that you know your needs you're gonna have to know your needs so uh, again, getting beyond the biology is something important. In fact, my uh, I think episode 30, I talked about leadership. It's not about your heroism or you're getting everything right or you're being someone else. You're a guide in the negotiation. And by getting beyond that biological barrier with the empathic statement, with listening, with repeating to confirm, and with uh, offering a couple of options, solutions... That's more persuasive than uh, this hide-the-ball haggling that a lot of people think, oh, every negotiation has to be that way. Well, it doesn't. And once you get beyond that, then you can start executing your plan. You can think about uh, asking questions to get more information tactically. And you can really focus on your needs and eliminate the distractions and the tricks and traps people play in negotiation. So uh, that's all I want to get across on this episode 30. Thank you very much for coming into the Persuasion Lab. If you want to go to my website, martinmadeiras.com, you can sign up to our newsletter. It's free, and you get all my research and a lot of uh, refreshers weekly, so you can actually implement these things. It'll be top of mind, and you can be more effective at communicating your needs to the world. My website is martinmedeiros.com that's spelled m-a-r-t-i-n m-e-d-e-i-r-o-s dot com thank you once again for joining me in the persuasion lab and we'll catch up with you next episode